Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons with Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. The sermon you are about to hear can also be downloaded at www.grenadachurch.com. We know you are going to be blessed. Now, on to the message. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus about God's love. One that comes to mind is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whosoever believeth on him shouldn't perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 He loved us so much that he provided a way, a means of escape out of what is here now and what is to come. And that is through his only begotten son. Jesus was begotten, meaning he was born of the Holy Spirit. He wasn't born like me and you. And if we believe in him and what he's accomplished for us at Calvary, we can have everlasting life. God loved you so much, he said, you could cast all your cares upon him because he cares about you. And that's in 1 Peter 5 and 7. And there's not many people that listen to all your problems. Amen. Now, you can try it. There's people out there, though. Brother Wilson, you can share with me anything you want. You know I'll always be here for you. I'll always listen. Even my dear wife, who's been with me 28 years, I can only complain to her just so much. And she gets tired of hearing it. People that don't really care about you, not close to you, keep complaining and keep bringing your problems to them. And pretty soon they won't answer your text. Pretty soon they won't answer your phone calls. And all humans are like that, but there's somebody who cares for you enough. God's love cares so much about you can cast all your cares upon him. Jesus even said in Luke 12 that five sparrows are sold just for two pennies, but God doesn't forget one of them. So he knows the hairs on your head and you're much more valuable than a, a whole load of sparrows. So don't think that he doesn't care. We're we're in that time of year. So many people get depressed and uh, we were jokingly saying something about wives and husbands back there earlier, but what a blessing it is just to have a family and have somebody you can talk to and be with here on this earth, a family that God has provided for us. And God provides in so many ways. Count your blessings that he's gave you a family. Count your blessings that he's gave you a home. Uh, we witnessed people laying on the street this week that didn't even have socks. They didn't ha- have basic needs. And I don't know if all of them put themselves there for various reasons. I don't, I don't know their background. I don't know what they got into. All I can tell you is my compassion rose up when I see another human being laying there with nothing. And I mean, you can't help but feel sorry for him. So be, be grateful for the God's love that he showed you and accept it and watch him change your life and watch him bless you. Next, remember the words of Jesus about prayer. Folks, if there's ever been a time you should be praying, you've always should be praying. But in this day and age that we live in, be praying more than ever and enter into that prayer clause. And Jesus taught you in Matthew 6 how to pray. He said you should pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, help us honor your name. And I, I'm um, just paraphrasing the, the scripture a little bit there, but that's what it means. Help us to honor his name in a wicked generation that has forgotten God. When we go to prayer, it shouldn't just be all of our needs laid out. We should take the time to adore him. We should take the time to praise him. We should be praying for God to come set up his kingdom here on this earth, not for the next politician. 
Again, you know I'm going to say it. There's nothing wrong with voting. There's nothing wrong with praying for the right people to be in office. But it's not going to change the situation. In fact, with all the evil that's rose up around us, we've seen it already. If somebody with even a conservative mindset takes an office, there's such an uproar around him and they want to crucify him out in public just because having a, a conservative mindset. God said, pray for your food daily. And that means to pray when he said, give us our daily bread. Folks, what's coming at us next year, I feel in my spirit, I'm not afraid of it. But more than ever, be praying ahead of time for God to provide a need. You should be praying for this nation right now more than ever. I've noticed last week they unloaded the uh, first armored division over in Poland. I was in that unit in the military and wherever we went, we didn't go to hold ice cream socials. Amen. It, it's serious business is starting to happen overseas. And I noticed this past weekend, maybe just as a few days ago, they unloaded the infantry brigade in another country right beside Russia. Our, our country did. And now they've set up long range missiles that are capable of hitting deep into Russian territory. And this is building and getting worse. And there's wars and rumors of wars. Be praying for peace. Be praying for God to protect us. We're in a time that you're going to be shaking here very shortly. I, I, I wish I had better news. I wish I, I could tell you it was all rainbows and unicorns and everything was going to be lovely. But I wouldn't be doing you a service according to the Word of God. The Word of God says prepare yourself. The Word of God says to pray for God to come set up His kingdom. Uh, we should be praying for our, our wrongdoings to forgive others and d don't lead us in temptation in these last days, Lord. Keep it from us. Keep us from being tempted. I, I got in a situation this week and I was proud of what the Lord has done in myself because here I am away from home. Nobody knows me and there the liquor and gambling is before you everywhere and the people smoking and doing drugs out in the public and and I, I just, I don't know. It was just different. Before years ago, I'd been, man, let me order up a little. I want to have a good time, but all that stuff just doesn't appeal to me anymore. I don't care anything about it. And the Lord has done a great work in me. And, and I pray God to help me, keep me from evil doing. And what God will do in your life, what he'll, what he'll do is you pray and you seek his face by the power of the spirit that comes from faith that is, rested in what Christ has accomplished in Calvary for you, He changes you. He doesn't change the circumstance around you so much as He changes you and what you love and where you go and what you want to do. Now listen to this. In John 14, Jesus said these words, And whosoever shall ask in my name that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So as I go down through that list and Jesus gave me the model prayer and I, and I see what I should be praying for. And Jesus said, if you ask it in my name, it shall be done. Why do we have so little faith to ask? Why should we be asking in these last days? Lord, let us be victorious in these last days. Let the church be a powerful force. Let your kingdom be, uh, Somewhat here on this earth, I know we can't do everything. Well, I shouldn't even say that. We should ask God for all of it. You know, we're called to be the head, not the tail. 
And we're asking for just breadcrumbs when we should be asking for it all. God, give us the money and resources we need in these last days. Bless my home. Bless this church. I've learned a long time ago, be careful about praying for more people. Be careful about praying for more people. Jesus turned this world upside down with 12. And there was still a Judas in one of them. They had to replace him down the road. It's not in the numbers. It's not really in the money. We're praying for the wrong things. We need to start praying for the right things. God, open up doors we never could imagine. Give us the resources we need in these last days. James said the prayers of a righteous are very powerful. Don't discount yourself in prayer. Hear the words of Christ today. Quit listening to the enemy of our soul. Quit listening to people. Quit listening to the world and start believing God for the impossible. And when you pray and you know it lines up with God's Word, I know it'll be done. Maybe not in my time that I want it done, but I believe God for it. Now, remember the words of Jesus about heaven. Heaven is that dwelling place of God, a place reserved for the redeemed. Jesus said in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. And I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again and watch. Receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. This world is not your home. And the sooner you realize that, the closer walk you'll have with God Almighty. There should not be much out in that world, really nothing that should appeal to you except the things of God. If I go into a public restroom and it's the most hideous and awful thing I'd ever seen, I'm not going to take my money and go and rebuild and invest into it to make it a nice bed, uh, bathroom because it's not mine. But now I'll take my money and redo my bathroom. I need to be redoing some floors at the house right now. And why? Because it's mine and that's where I'm going to be at. What's different with this world? Why are we investing money in the world? You can give to the Wildlife Foundation and the Broken Dog Home all you want and it's not going to change the world. You're going to lie in somebody's pocketbook. I'm not telling you there's not good organizations out there. St. Jude's is a... a Walk through there one time. When you come out of there, you're going to be full of tears. I promise you. I, even the most uh, strongest of men, I went through that place. I was heartbroken. I'm not telling you there's not good things to give to, but why are you investing things in the world? Why would we take five, $6,000 and run down to that hell land called Disney and carry our family and run around and look at rainbows and LGBT agenda and I can't even keep up with all the, the stupidity they're engaged in, but we'll take thousands and thousands of dollars, go into debt and run down someplace like that, come to the house of God, give 20 bucks. This world is not our home, and we shouldn't be investing our time and especially our resources in it because you're not intended to stay here. This is not your place to stay. Your place is in heaven. Now, here's where it gets a little tougher. Remember the words Jesus said about hell. Now, I've told you about some good things about heaven, but do you know Jesus had more to say about hell than he did heaven? 
Hell has disappeared from most pulpits. You don't hear about it anymore. Turn it on most uh, TV channels, what they call Christian, and see if you hear about hell. You're not going to hear it. I listen. I take time to listen to all the garbage out there. You don't hear about it, but Jesus talked about it. He talked about it more than he did heaven. And he described hell as a place of outer darkness. It was a place of weeping and gnashing of the teeth is what he said. He said it's a place of eternal judgment where the fire will never cease. The same word that used to uh, eternal in the Greek that's used to describe heaven, it's the same word that is used to describe hell. It's eternal. The flames never stop. It's not a place you go to, as the Catholics teach, a purgatory. You can't buy your way out of it, despite what the Catholic priests say. The Catholic uh, priests say you can pay this money to a priest and he'll pray your kinfolk up out of hell. It's not possible. There is one little, where they get that from, and I know you're probably wondering, you've heard all these years, where they get that from is from the Apocrypha and the Maccabees. There was one verse, one verse that might kind of allude to the fact of a purgatory. I've read it. I don't even see it. Uh, there is nowhere in that Bible to include the Apocrypha that I have ever read that brings forth the certain idea that you can be redeemed out of hell. That's just not in the Bible. When you've made your choice on this side of eternity and it's the wrong choice and you didn't accept Christ as your Savior, you will be in that place where the worms devour the soul for eternity is what Christ said. It's not a place where you're tormented by the devil. Everybody has in their mind from watching all TV and shows that it's a place where people go and the devil has certain minions and they begin to torment people there. And they've got their mind that, well, if I serve the devil, I'll be part of his crew down there and we'll just have a big old party. They don't understand that this lake of fire that's eternal punishment, that's where the devil goes to be punished. That's where all the fallen angels go to be punished. The devil doesn't reign there. He's sent there. He's locked away there for punishment. And everybody that failed to have their names written in the Lamb's book of life, will be there with him to receive the same punishment. Now, Hollywood's worst horror movie that we could think of, the and they've gotten good on graphics, and the worst horror that we could think of that they could depict here upon this earth or in eternity doesn't even come close, not even close to the pain that awaits people in hell. W.C. Fields, some of you may remember him, he was a comedian. And following the 1933 devastating earthquake in Southern California, he said this, We're crazy to live here, but there sure is a lot of us. Thank you for listening today. This radio station is listener-supported, which means we rely on your donations to keep us on the air. We're a non-profit organization, so your donations are tax-deductible. We're on the air 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, playing Christian music and teaching programs. We have something for everyone. We're asking for your help today. We need your prayers and your financial support to stay on the air. Won't you please make a donation today? You can make a secure donation by going to our website at www.cross.radio. Thank you for your support and God bless you.
And you think about that's the way people approach hell. They have in their mind, for some odd reason, and this is this is a thought going around now. It's, it's more prevalent than you think. You're you're secured here in the Bible Belt with a lot of thoughts, but when you get outside of here, there's places that think that uh, groups of people that hey, I, we're serving the devil. We're going to be in a place called hell, but there's going to be a lot of us, and it's going to be a big party. If you don't believe me, go back to ACDC song. Did they play everywhere? I hear it in kids' cartoons. I hear it in high school uh, football stadiums, college football stadiums. People glorify this song, Highway to Hell. I've heard it sung in a Pentecostal church. And don't tell me I didn't because I'll show that video just like I did one time before. Had somebody, you didn't hear that, Brother Wilson. I said, all right, come to church tonight. In a Pentecostal church, the Assemblies of God, they played Highway to Hell for their music. Now, I'm trying to even mirror the words. I used to play the song inside out. Uh, no stop signs, no speed limits. And all my friends are going to be there too. I'm on a highway to hell. And we're chanting this song even to this day to our little kids in cartoon Disney. They put it in a lot. I've heard it, uh, in, uh, several of the cartoons they put out. They use highway to hell. My friends, there's going to be no party there. There will be no crowd gathered up. And, and chant the name of Satan and have a good time. That word outer darkness that Jesus used, it carries with it the same meaning when the plague of darkness hit uh, Egypt during the time of Moses. When he wouldn't release God's people and the plagues began to fall up on Egypt, one of them was darkness to hit only the area of the Egyptians. It was so dark, it would be like Shana and Gary sitting next to each other and they couldn't even Notice each other was there. It was that type of darkness, outer darkness. There's no party there. There's no friends gathered up chatting while you're being eternally punished. It's not, that's not the idea. That's not the concept. That's not reality. The reality is you will be alone by yourself, eternally separated from God, being punished where the flames never die. Never! And people are taking a chance with this. If I'm right today, and I know I am, but if I'm right, there's going to be a whole lot of people, whole lot of people, that are going to regret. They're going to be like the rich man, the dives man. It's the old word, dives. It means rich. It'd be like him, and they'll just be begging for somebody to just take a drop of water and put it on their tongue. Remember the words of Jesus. Remember the words of Jesus about being ready. Woo, this, this verse I'm about to read, you struck me. It struck me hard last night when I was looking at the United States and I was looking at certain things going on. And the prophet Amos said this, it, it, it applied to Israel. It's not about the United States, but Paul said we are the grafted in branch. The church of the living God is the grafted in branch on that tree of Israel. We, just as we like to talk about the benefits that come from Abraham, and there's no doubt about it. If you bless, uh, Israel, you're, you're a child of God, them benefits that are passed on down through Abraham's bloodline, they come straight to you. You have royal blood running through your veins. But you also have to understand, there were times when God was infuriated with Israel. 
and they paid a heavy price. It doesn't mean everybody in the nation was evil. Isaiah brought this out quite well, and he said, unfortunately, sometimes the righteous perish right along with the unrighteous. But this is what Amos the prophet said, chapter 4, verse 11. I have overthrown some of you. Now watch, is God... Oh, I tell you what, put it up here, Matthew. I want them to see this. Amos chapter 4 and verse 11. This is important. This is, if there's anything, this is the most important verse of this sermon this morning. Amos chapter 4. I have overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. Notice that. And you were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning. Mean this whole thing was going down and I took some of you and saved you and plucked you out. And yet you have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Therefore thus will I do unto thee, O Israel. And mm, I feel that this morning. I, like I felt it last night, Holy Spirit's just sweeping all over me when I read this verse. And because I will do this unto thee, watch, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. Now, let's talk about this first. Let's slow down just a minute and take this in. We were down in New Orleans. I had the just awesome privilege of getting to go through the World War II National Museum. If you ever heard in New Orleans and you got a day, you ought to whip off that exit down there and you ought to go see it. It's, I mean, it is absolutely worth it. You better plan a whole day. I don't work for them. I'm not making a dime by giving you this plug. I'm just telling you, it is a museum of, of honor, faith, and courage. It, it is just completely awesome. I, they have one display in there. A young man, uh, left his little, had a New Testament Bible in there. And it, they, him and his brother were both on D-Day. And he lost his brother during the, the beachhead assault there at Normandy. And, and he, he knew his brother had died just a little while later. His parents didn't know anything going on. They finally got word they lost one of their sons. Then the one son that was still alive that had the Bible, he went into the European theater to uh, fight battles over there. And while he was there, he dropped the New Testament. He said he thought he had lost it on the beachhead at Normandy, but he had dropped it in a German forest. A family found the Bible with his name and home address back in the United States. They mailed it back to his mama. His mama thought he had died. She thought she had done lost both of her sons. And then he got home and he got that Bible back. I, this museum is just, it was a different time when this nation would, had their faith in God. They were up against the wall with all the things going on in the world. I told my wife as I looked at all this, I said, this nation has fell so greatly. It's not the same people. There may be a few of us. We're in the Bible Belt. We're in a small little town. But if you would see with your eyes what I got to see this past week, and you would see the horror of homosexuality and what is happening in our world, God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. This nation is about to face 
the judgment of God. You better hear the words of Jesus today about being ready. God will not let this go on much longer. I promise you. As wicked as I thought it could possibly be, Clarence Thomas had come out right after abortion. He said, you know, we need to look at this about homosexual marriages because it was brought in the same way as an abortion, and I think we could overturn it. And you know what happened this past week? The Democrats, before they got out of office, said we need to protect it. They passed a law through the House, and they got a majority in the Senate of conservative people we elected and sent up to Washington. They affirmed with a supermajority vote of over 60 senators to protect homosexual marriages. And yet they're crying out to God. As I overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, you better prepare to meet thy God. The church better wake up, my friends. Jesus said it's going to be like the days of Noah. That In the last days they would be eating, they would be drinking, they would be giving in marriage. And they would think nothing is wrong. Man, Brother Wilson and him are just whole tales that you're just telling. Them are old dusty love letters. Jesus said it'd be like that in the last days until the water come and swept them away and they didn't have a clue as to what happened. That is how it'll be when the Son of Man appears. Two men will be in the field, one taken and one will remain. Two women will be working, one taken and one will remain. The other will be left. Be on your guard! You don't know when the Lord's going to come. I love throwing this in here when I talk about the rapture of the church. Everybody's running around on Halloween, these masks and all this evil spirit stuff going on. You're going to look awfully stupid standing there with a Freddy Krueger mask and Jesus returns. Don't tell me all these things are innocent fun. Don't tell me it's okay to partake of the world's sin. It's not. We should be ready at all times to meet Jesus Christ. He's not coming back for a wicked church. He's coming back for a church that has been bought in the blood, redeemed by the Lamb. Be on your guard. Jesus said, therefore, be ready for such hours you think not. Be ready. This thing is going to happen quicker than you think. It's coming at us a hundred miles an hour. We're standing in the train tracks and the church is asleep. The whistle's blowing. The light is going off and the church is standing in the train tracks like nothing is going on. They're worried about numbers. They're worried about uh, money. And they're not worried about those souls sitting on the pews that are lost as the day is long. We need to get back to preaching the gospel, the truth of God's word. Ain't everybody going to like it. That's okay. I'm not worried about making friends. I'm worried about seeing souls saved. And once in a while, somebody will listen. Once in a while. And don't think it's going to be a lot of people because Jesus said, hear the words of the Lord. That path is straight and narrow, very narrow path. And many won't make it, but a few will find it. Be ready. Oh, you're being hateful, Brother Wilson. Well, you'd be calling Jesus hateful too. You would. Do some Jesus ministry. All right. Let me get a whip out and we'll go down to some of these churches that ain't doing right. We'll start beating them and running them down the road. Well, that ain't how Jesus acted. Sure it was. He told the religious people his day, 
Well, those people you went out and proselyted and brought into your religion, they're twice the child of hell than you already are. He said all the church is, and during his time, he said all the church was was dogs and vipers when he got here. That's Jesus' ministry. And we're told we shouldn't preach that anymore. My friends, preaching and being a Christian is not a popularity contest. Matter of fact, you become an enemy of the world. Hear the words of the Lord one more time. He said, don't think it's strange when people hate you because of the gospel. Because they hated me first. I'm not here preaching hate. I'm here to tell you to remember His words today. The Lord has made provisions for you in this life and the one to come. And the Lord has told us in these few words that I've had this morning, we have two possible eternal destinies. And you'll choose one or the other before you leave this earthly vessel. And it's coming. I'll bring this up real quick. Have you not noticed the death rate? Do you not find it just a little bit odd that we have people dying left and right? People standing at their kitchen table it's collapsing and dying. I'm not going to sit here and talk about what's causing it. All I'm telling you, the Bible prophesied this would happen in the last day. Men's heart would fail them because of fear. I won't break that down anymore, but I can tell you it was prophesied in the last days. People would start dropping dead in massive numbers by heart attack. Be ready. You have two choices. You can choose Christ. You can choose the world. And what comes with the world is an eternal death. It is the second death the Bible calls. The Lord invites you today to remember His words. And I know everybody here, small group here today, and I know all of you are saved. I know you. And I know by your testimony, the way you live your life, I'm safe to say as a pastor, I know every one of y'all are saved. But we've got people listening by that radio that may not be saved. I had a little girl contact me this week, matter of fact, yesterday, and she is plagued with demons. And she went down this whole list with me of things that were going wrong in her life, and physical and mental and spiritual. This is what she told me because other ministers have said, I'm going to church. I, I'm, I'm trying to forgive people. I'm doing everything they do, do, tell me to do in church and nothing's changed. What they haven't told her is they haven't introduced her to Jesus Christ. They haven't introduced her to the person that can change all this. So what will your choice be today? When you remember the words of Christ, will your choice be Him or will it be the world? He gave unctions to the ministers of the Word of God to remind us of His Word. And if, if ministers are truly listening in this hour, you're going to hear ministers start rising up like never before and they're going to quit worrying about numbers. They're going to quit worrying about popularity because they're going to know the lateness of the hour. And he left that decision to you. And I ask you on the radio today, what will your decision be? Will it be to accept Christ as your Savior? Will it be to follow after Him? Can I ask you here in this building today, what will happen to you in the days ahead? What if I'm not here? What if the church is not here? What will you do? Will you still follow after Christ? What if I lost my way? Are you still going to follow? And I, I think I know the answer. I feel pretty good to say, yeah, I know you're following, but I'm still going to ask you. 
What decision will you make? Are you going to let somebody in your family and the world jerk you from the things of God? Not just the church, not me, not the church of God, not Jimmy Swagger Ministries, the things of God following after him. Are you going to give up in these last days? We're right here at the threshold of the rapture of the church. And we have decisions to make. What's going to be priority in our life? Your priority should be that harvest that's out there waiting. If you're saved and you know Christ today and you know you're saved, your decision should be today, Lord, I need you more than ever to show me, to help me, Lord, to be out there doing your will. Wherever I go and whatever we have to get done, Lord, it's too late to be playing games with God. Let it not be said of us that Laodicean church was rich and increased with good and God said He would vomit that church out of His mouth. Let it not be said of us. Let's close in prayer. Would y'all stand with me? I, I'm going to do this for the benefit of the radio because I know this message is for somebody. Would you, I just want to pray a simple prayer today if we close for those that are unsaved. If you're listening by radio today and you're just not sure of your salvation, make that choice for Jesus today. Don't complicate this thing. It's not about works. It's not how many times you've attended church. Those things a Christian will do after they're saved. It's not how many times you prayed. It pray will come in your Christian life. It's not how many times you forgave somebody. The Holy Spirit will teach you forgiveness. But you have to make that decision to give up all that you know and accept Christ as your Savior with a simple little prayer, something like this. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Please forgive me my sins, the things I've done, the way I've lived. Lord, your word says that if I believe Jesus Christ is your son and he died upon a rugged cross for me and he arose the third day and is now at your right hand. And Lord, I just cast all my cares upon him and ask for forgiveness of everything I've done wrong. The word of God says with that, Lord, they'll be saved. And Father, we're trusting you today. They prayed a simple little prayer like that, not to complicate this issue, but just to accept Christ as their Savior. That cry for help, for Him to come in and be master of their life. I know you'll hear that prayer. And, and if you're listening today, continue to pray that God would help you every day of your life. Let's close in prayer here. Father, thank you again for this church and the people here that have supported this ministry and pray for us. Lord, I pray your blessings be upon them, that they would prosper and be in good health. And Lord, keep us all before the cross in these last days. Bring us back at five and we ask these things in Jesus' name. We say amen. We're so glad you joined us today. This is the place to come for the best in Christian music and sermons. We know that life can be tough, but we believe that God has a plan for each of us, and we want to help you find that plan. So please, stay tuned for more messages of hope and encouragement. Here at Power of the Cross Radio, we believe in the power of prayer. If you have a need, visit our prayer wall on the website at www.cross.radio. We also believe in the power of Christian music to touch hearts and change lives. So please keep listening. And if you know someone who might need a little encouragement, tell them about Power of the Cross Radio. We cover a wide mix of Christian music. Check the website schedule for more details. And if you have any questions, email us at info at cross.radio. You can also call us at 662-294-0608. Thank you for listening, and God bless.
Star of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. You can visit their website at cfministry.com.